to experience to be taken for a stroll to experience someone to rock and roll to experience to be taken for a stroll uh, <laughs> uh welcome back to the podcast ladies and gentlemen one man one tree in a hill that was to experience by barrington levy i got introduced to this song two weeks ago i was at the airport i was picking up my old lady and we got her and then i went to the bathroom and this this uh bathroom attendant was in there and it's like two o'clock in the morning he is jamming out to this thing he's dancing we just start dancing together we didn't touch each other we just dance each other but uh yeah that's my mother effing jam now man i love it man to experience to be taken for a stroll but you know that explains my whole my whole toxic side i'm too experienced to take it for sure whoever thought they took me on the stroll <laughs> i am the stroll huh uh, so, sorry is this me getting excited. I feel like there's deeper, deeper levels to that message. But uh, yeah, to experience to be taken for a stroll. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, host of this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Shout out to everyone who's emailed me. Shout out to the people who are hitting me up. Humbly forgive me for this podcast coming out a little late. It's been a, a long week. But you know what? Tuesdays, Fridays, we're going to be posting, you know, Tuesdays and Sundays, excuse me. We try to do our Woody's Roundup on Sunday, wrap up the week, but it's been a long week, so we're going to get to it. Before we get to it, ladies and gentlemen, we want to talk about our new sponsors. Our new sponsors is called Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Old Hillside Bourbon Company is a bourbon company founded by black men, ladies and gentlemen. It's the first black-owned bourbon company, and today we're going to have a little history about it. I got to ask for a write-up so I couldn't just, you know, read I wanted to read something else. This is a little history. History, heritage, and homage is the motto. Old Hillside Bourbon exists to pay homage and acknowledge the contribution made by great men like Isaac Murphy. Kentucky home, Kentucky Derby, is the birthplace of bourbon, crafting 90% of the world's supply of bourbon throughout the world. Here we go. Our logo honors the black jockey and pays tribute to the history of the Kentucky Derby of the Kentucky Bourbon, excuse me, with the barrel that is in the center with the heart of our company. The bull represents the rich history of Durham, North Carolina, Bull City, celebrating Black Wall Street and Hillside High School. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Ladies and gentlemen, Old Hillside Bourbon Company. If you need bourbon and you want it black-owned, that's the people to do. All right. So what a week. What a week. What a freaking week, ladies and gentlemen. But this is episode 74 uh, my goal was when I wrote 2020 was to get to 100 episodes, and we're close to 80, so I think we can do it. We got four weeks left. We're about to enter December. We will not be dropping a podcast this Friday because of um, because you know it's, it's family times. So Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, we're gonna do that. We want to shout out um, since we're not dropping the podcast. We want to wish happy birthday first and foremost to AD. If you don't know who AD is, ladies and gentlemen, she was on episode 60, raised in Japan. Then we did a part two to her story. It's very hard getting information out of her, but it's her birthday. She turns 30, I think she turns 31. She's 31, unless she doesn't want me to tell her age, but she turns 31. Uh, one of my dear friends, close, I would say close confidant of mine, She uh, she's actually our jeweler for the podcast and throughout life, so hit her up if you guys want those jewels. She's been very busy. Uh, please don't slide in her DM. She is married, uh, not with children, but she's probably going to have kids soon. But uh, yeah, we met... <sighs> I don't know, 18, 18 years ago in Japan. And uh, it's cool reconnecting with people that, that had an influence on your life. And I humbly appreciate her. And we just want to wish her a happy birthday in advance. 
because Thanksgiving's going to happen. It sucks having your birthday on a holiday because people are thankful. And then you're like, what about my birthday post? And people are just like, you know what? I want that turkey leg. So uh, show her all the love. Uh, go to episode 60. Follow her. Ask her questions and stuff like that. A lot of people just ask me questions about the people on the podcast. And like I say all the time, uh, you know, I, I talk to these people, but, you know, they have their own lives to live. And they take time out of their day to make these time capsules. So feel free. I'm just going to ask them for their emails. And you can email them personally, and they can answer the question themselves. And some other people don't want to be contacted, so that's what it is. So happy birthday to AD in advance. Uh, it's been a it's been a week. Um, it's been a week, but first I want to go to uh, HBO Max. Uh, shout out to people who uh, I didn't even know how to HBO Max, so I realized that HBO Max. Uh, me and my old lady we sat down. I think it was a Tuesday, or I don't know what night it was, but we sat down and we watched the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and we saw the the thirtieth reunion. What a good what a what a good hour and 14 minutes of just, it's like a nostalgia, you know? It was just dope how they, how they paid homage to Uncle Phil. Play a little clip. Here we go. Because today you stand beside us. A lot of good times in this house, huh? Lifetime's worth. Trust me, Will. I know it doesn't feel like it right now. What they say is true. Winning really isn't everything. Sorry I let you down, too. You could never let me down, Dad. I love you. Just remember, happiness comes from inside. I love you, Daddy. Nobody does anything without help, Will. People open... You're not gonna lose us. You are my son, Will. Yeah, man, that was the HBO Max, man. It was, honestly, it's it's crazy how we, it's crazy how our life and how memories are formed, you know? Now, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was, uh, it debuted, debuted in 1990, September 10th, 1990, so I was, I was one. And that's crazy that it debuted that early because I remember my whole childhood watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I remember freaking in the summer. You get off work, saved by the bell, everything else. Imagine how it was literally over when I was like six, five. The show was over when I was five. But sometimes when you make timeless art, man, it affects you. Like I felt like when they did the Uncle Phil tribute, like honestly, if my lady wasn't sitting on the couch with me, freak, I would have, I would have and cried, man. I was freaking crying, man. I was, I was just sad. You can tell that that they had love for each other. Now, a lot of stuff I could tell that this is definitely, you know, through my research, this is definitely, you know, Hollywood stuff, angles and everything else. I could definitely tell this stuff was reshot or whatever. But that moment right there, you could tell that they all had. It's like going to high school a little bit. They were, saw each other every day for six years. That's you're gonna buy, like you're gonna build memories, you know. And I felt like their chemistry helped chemistries at home. That was like the first show that, like, showed black people that black people are different. There's rich. There was like, it was comparing like the middle class black people or upper middle class. I would say rich. That was like the one percenters. Nah, he's a judge. So 
upper middle class. They live in Bel Air. No, they got money. So people high off the hog relating to people who are not so rich with Will Smith and just shows how much we love Will Smith, how much we love Will Smith. And it was dope seeing Alfonso Rivero about how the dynamic of the show was, how it was geared to Uncle Phil and that. Then it turned into Carlton and Will and how the show focused on them and good seeing Jeffrey. It was just dope seeing all these characters. And I just love DJ Jazzy Jeff, man. That was dope seeing that. And I didn't realize Uncle Phil died seven years ago. Definitely didn't know that. Seeing all them crying just effed me up. And it was dope seeing how Jeffrey uh, broke it, broke, like, brought it all together. But seeing those tears was everything else. And uh, I want this to happen to Family Matters. I feel like Family Matters can do this. Uh, if if freaking Eddie Winslow could get his act together, man, he's always like, getting in trouble for domestic violence. But other than that, if they all sat down, because Urkel, I think Family Matters did about nine seasons, I think. I, I can Google it. Never mind. I was definitely wrong. No, I did that right. They did nine seasons. Family Matters has 215 episodes. That is wild. 215 episodes. Uh, seasons one through eight. They went original network was ABC. Then at the end, they went to CBS on the final ninth season. So, yeah, I would love it. They sat down and had a and had like a good uh, reunion show. That would be good. You know, I think that was that 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 reunion would be well well worth it if that makes sense will be well worth it and the fresh prince of bel-air uh did 148 episodes but you know timeless art timeless 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 art of how he built into it and i thought it was very unique how they filmed kind of like uh, michael jordan's the last dance the last season showing how they would set up everything else and who would have thought they would ever use this footage 30 years later to make a special and as they're dropping the new HBO Max, they're doing like a dramatic version of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Also, uh, if you could tell, Will Smith again, brought to the red table talk. Again, brought to the... Seems like every time Will Smith goes to that table, he's just crying. Um, Him and Janet Hubert. uh, So me and my lady, when we were watching this, I was like, man, he's going to the red table talk again. And then uh, the day after, they put a red table talk and we sat down and watched that. And it brought a lot of sense like, it's crazy how sometimes it's black, not sometimes, all the time when black women are telling a story, sometimes we negate what they're saying and just control the narrative. Because he was the bigger star, he kind of like hushed her voice and he kind of blackballed her. You know, he didn't physically do it, but he kind of put the narrative out about, you know, her being difficult to work with. And that was, that hurt her career. And that was good that they healed, but that's 30 years that she lost work for. And it was crazy how she was the most talented one. She was a Broadway performer, a dancer, a singer. She did it. She was the most talented woman up there. And of him being insecure at 21. And you can see his body language that he felt bad. That he really felt bad. And it felt good to like him understanding like now is the time to move past it. Because even though she, you know, I don't know. She's, she can get past it. But, you know, that's, that's millions of dollars she lost out on. You know, she just recently got nominated for Emmy. That's how talented she is. And she looks exactly the same. The other Aunt Viv, you know, life is, you know, I don't know where she would. No disrespect. We're not going to tear down a woman. But, you know, you can just tell, you know, Janet Hubert just, just you know, it was good. So seeing that conversation. And I kind of felt that it was, uh, it makes sense now. Because uh, I did some research that uh, Alfonso Rivera was not around. If you notice the the pictures she hugged everybody except alfonso rivera so that's when i say things were set up because like they're watching 
Alonzo said that they shot everything in one day, and they asked him to come back and film, but he couldn't do it because he was shooting America's Funniest Home Videos, right? So if that is accurate, that means that they had to reshoot certain stuff, so they had to reshoot Janet being there. So what happened was they probably did Red Table Talk, and then he said, would you do the reunion? So they brought everyone back to shoot the reunion. So when they saw her say, oh, and this, that was probably acting, when they had to act like they didn't know she was coming, but they knew she was there as she walks through the lot. But she needed that. She needed that closure, and everything she said turns out was right when she said that he was justified and everything else and dogpiling. You kind of tell, like, Alfonso Rivera is sort of like, you know, publicly bashed this black woman as well. So I think all of them need a public apology. I really thought that was a, a really, uh, I think that was a really a really good thing. And she's 64. She's 64 and looked like she's 44. So she looks good. She went to Juilliard, Juilliard train, self-healing. And how Will Smith said he needed her approval this whole time and her not getting his approval, like, effed his head up because she was pregnant at the time and, She's going through a, a, a an abusive relationship, and he was this wild hip-hop kid where he loved to have fun, and she didn't think that because she was from a serious background of Broadway and performing, and she didn't laugh at his jokes and doing everything else. She was pretty much there for business, and everyone else was there to have fun. So they thought that she was bringing the set down. So so saying that she was unprofessional, was just, just effed up, and I'm glad that she got an apology before she died, you know? I'm glad that she got that. Not saying she's going to die soon, but, you know, maybe she has a chance to live on. And Big Willie, you got to cut that check, baby. You know, you got to, you know, you got to, <laughs> you got to cut that check and take care of her, man. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, he said he was a dragon and his dragon woke up. I don't know what that meant when he said he was a dragon. But, you know, F it if Big Willie's a dragon. That's how much we love Will Smith to kind of like, Forget the fact that he kind of like blackballed somebody. And then after that, uh, shout out to Monique. Monique tweeted, uh, it was amazing. Uh, Will Smith apologizing to Janet Hubert after 30 years. I'm waiting for Tyler Perry to publicly apologize to me, like you said. And then she dropped the recording of Tyler Perry apologizing. And uh, I love Monique. I love Monique. And I love TP, a.k.a. Tyler Perry. But then again, you know, sometimes you got to make it right. You make it right. You know, what you said on that tape, what Tyler Perry said on that tape was that, uh, he apologized to Monique and said that she wasn't difficult to work with. And then, you know, it's just a whole effed up situation between those two. But they need that. They need that sit down, you know. And I'll work with both of them. So let me shut the F up. Uh, a lot of people emailed me about Gucci Man and Jeezy. Yes, I did watch that. I had a show Thursday, but I was watching it throughout the show. And everything I said that was going to happen, I thought they would fight each other. I thought they would fight each other. I thought that they would... Definitely someone was going to get hurt. If you don't know, uh, I'm a huge, you know, I'm a Southern dude. We love Southern rap. So two, 15 years ago, was I in college 15 years ago? No, I wasn't. I was in high school. Oh, yeah, that's why I was high school. I was big Gucci, man. We listened to Young Jeezy and Gucci in the locker room and stuff like that. And if you're from the South, you know what the story was. Uh, Gucci and Jeezy uh, were on a song called So Icy. And uh, Gucci won it on his album. Jeezy put it on his album or something like that. And uh, they start having an exchange of words. Jeezy gets on the radio, tells somebody he'll give them $10,000 if they take Gucci Man's chain. Uh, Jeezy's artist, which was his friend, went to go get Gucci's chain, and Gucci killed him, right? Killed him. Bang-bang. And Gucci made a song and told him, go bury, go bury your friend. And everyone stopped doing this versus, would Gucci do that? And Gucci went there, ladies and gentlemen. He went there, and we're going to play a clip. Here we go. I'll tell you what. Put that nigga ass in the dirt. I 
tell you what. Smoking on Pookalo tonight. I tell you what. I tell you what. This is how we gonna do this. Send some more, I'm gonna send them the same way. In a box back to you. Are you doing Free kill. Free Come kill. On. I tell you what though. See what I even call you and instead of this invite, my nigga. I did it as a real man. It's been 20 motherfucking years. 15 still years. Okay, well, how I many? You still talking the same shit. You feel me? Still talking the same shit. Hey, man, so you gotta take that Let me talk, my nigga. Let me talk. Listen, listen. Let me talk. I don't nigga. wanna talk. I'm, I'm through talking. It's talk, your turn nigga. to do the song. That's what right. Are we that's do? right. That's right. Are we gonna do some music? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. My nigga, I'll tell you what. It go like this. When I extended the invitation, I did it as a real man. You feel me? I'm going to take a pause. So if you didn't know, so Gucci pretty much says, so Gucci pretty much does a song where he talks about killing, where he pretty much talks about killing, uh, killing young Jeezy's boy, and he pretty much says, uh, send some more and I'm going to send you in the dirt. Let's keep going. Yeah, the shit we came from in the street, dog, you see that we've been through it, dog. 20 years. 20 years. And when I said I want to do this shit for the culture... That's what I want to do, nigga. I brought you here to show you the world. Care about what the fuck we got going on, because we are the culture. You feel me? Me and you. Where we came from. What we been through, nigga. Us. Me and you. All these kids out here doing what the fuck they do, because they saw what went on with us, dog. So this shit ain't about me. This shit ain't about you. You feel what I'm saying? This shit about King Vaughn. This shit about Dope B. This shit about Nipsey Hustle. This shit about motherfucking Pop Smoke. M3. And I'm running up to do that, nigga, because one thing about it, two things for sure, three things for certain, nigga. I'm the realest nigga. It's, uh, it's, uh, let's break that down for a minute. Now, that was a different angle, because uh, when you're watching it on Instagram Live, it don't look like there's a lot of people, but it turns out everybody's crews were on to the side. And what Young Jeezy was pretty much saying, like, yo, this happened 15 years ago. We should let bygones be bygones, and you're still on the same stuff. But let's break that down. You sent someone to kill him, right? And a lot of people didn't understand what Gucci kept saying. I got $10,000 worth of jury on. I got, he kept talking about $10,000, and Young Jeezy kept saying, well, I, own, I, got, I got how much real estate you got? I own half Atlanta. What well, Gucci kept saying $10,000 because he put a $10,000 bounty on his head. And, you know, uh, like Freddie Gibbs said, you know, I don't, you know, I, that's self-growth to sit down with a person after you you tried to kill him. Like, you, you, you sent people to kill him. I know you let bygones be bygones, but, man, like, you literally tried to kill this dude. And what if Gucci Man wasn't here? There would be no Migos. There would be no Waka Flocka. There would be so many people that Gucci Man has had his hand in and just helping artists and stuff like that. There would be no... Uh, what's to do with one eye? Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap. He got his whole his whole flow from Gucci Man. His whole thing of like Gucci Man influenced so many people like trap, trap, trap music and all that other stuff. But uh, yeah, I watched that. I loved all the memes about Jenny Mai, Genie Mai, My Genie, uh, My Dream of Genie of her of her like saying like, "What is this song? I love it. I, who is it? Who are these artists?" Because I'm pretty sure she did not listen to Young Jeezy, or maybe she did, but I'm pretty sure she didn't know who Gucci Man was. But I had Gucci Man winning, uh, Gucci Man winning that battle because number one, Gucci Man stood up for ninety minutes. He never sat down. He was ready to go at all times. Uh, he should have did the the Nicki Minaj song, "Very Freaky Girl." There are so many songs that both of them left off the table. But uh, I would give it to Gucci. Jeezy, 
I think they're all they're neck and neck. It just depends. So if you are not from the South, you would probably think Jeezy won. But if you're from the South, you know Gucci Man won. That's how I was scoring. Uh, other things. Oh, that's that's. Oh yeah 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 yeah. What else happened? Happened in the happened in the week. How did you feel? Yeah yeah. That's what happened. Uh, just a lot of bad news was the reason why we had to delay this podcast. Uh, I talk about this podcast was inspired by one of my friends uh, who, who, was, who was murdered. It was killed. His name is Shamar Howe. And uh, so I, I was I was I was about to drop the podcast, and then uh, just just bad news. My friend uh, uh, Garrett like sent me something, and then his, Shamar's sister sent me something. And uh, I'm gonna read his sister's words because his sister's words are better than mine. Uh, if you don't know uh, this guy, who uh, he, he pretty much. Uh, Shamar Howe was uh, one of my best friends, one of my best friends on this planet. And uh, we we were just boys. We were just always boys. And uh, we had these long conversations. This podcast was inspired by, you know, what we used to do. And uh, But this dude's name is, uh, the guy who killed him was found not guilty, right? He was found not guilty. And, uh, you know, it effed, you know, it effed a lot of people up. You know, he, he shot my friend in the back of the head. They were arguing over an alcohol bottle. Or he thought Shamar stole it and took a gun, put it in the back of his head, shot him face down. And, uh, you know, he died alone. Died alone, effed up my life a little bit, effed up my psyche, effed up. You know, I don't know. I, I <sighs> My friend said something good about me that I that I, I analyzed that made a good point. Um, her name is Onika. Onika said something about me where she said, well, it was a good analysis of me. I didn't think it was true until she said it. She said, um... And I say word for four. She said, people like me, she goes, uh, people like you are low-key internally depressed because you think you're smarter than everyone, so you have no, so you think nobody, you have nobody to help you. Uh, I don't know. I think I have a lot of people to help me. I don't think I'm internally depressed, but I do take things internally and keep it there. I feel like no one cares about, you know, no one cares if a person's moping all the time, so I try to, like, uplift people. But, uh, you know, this this, it was like a strange of emotions because at the same time, you know, my friend's been gone. My friend's been dead for seven years. He's been dead for seven years. And, you know, after seven years, you kind of like get used to him not coming back anymore. But, you know, you do want justice being served. So his sister hits me up and she tells me, and I, I read it, what she says. And she says, um, I'll just read her post. I feel like I've been hit by a bus to get off of work and only to learn that this heartless individual who was murdered, who murdered my only sibling, has not found was found not guilty. Excuse me. I thought this case was a done deal in 2015 during the, my first during the first trial. It was difficult to accept that this man being found guilty for only involuntary manslaughter back then and was sentenced to 30 years. Fast forward to 2018, this guy submits an appeal. A new trial is granted, also hard to accept. Now, almost seven years later, this heartless man is retried only to be found not guilty and will be released immediately. How do you shoot an unarmed man in the head over a bottle of alcohol and be found not guilty? Scratching my head. Is this really the world we live in, people? I'm wrecking my brain on how a jury can find this man not guilty. Well, Sumter, South Carolina, you have just released a monster. If you think the streets will be safe, you're absolutely wrong. This man went from beating his wife, stabbing a man, then killing my brother. Mark my words, it is only a matter of time before he hurts someone else. Talk about the risk to society. Trust truly disgusted. Justice does not exist. GDA, may you rot in hell. 
I refuse to say your name on the page, and you will not get no shine here, you spineless snake. Long live Shamar O'Brien Howe. And, you know, I was tough to read, man. It's tough to read. Well, I read it professionally, but tough to read, you know, knowing that. You know, they're like my family. They are my family, you know. It's it's tough hearing that, you know. But my friend brought up something. I, I'm like, kind of like down a little bit, you know. I'm at this comedy show. I go Friday and my head's not right. Like I'm trying to get on, but when I don't get on stage, my mind starts to wonder and stuff like that. Like am I doing the right thing or, you know, where should I be? And uh, my friend comes up. My name's Ashlyn Selzano. She's a very wonderful comic. We got to get her on the podcast. And we're just talking about, you know, she goes, what's up? And I tell her. I said the first time I wanted to take a gun and put it in somebody's mouth and pull the freaking trigger. She goes, what? I was like, I was there. Like, I remember when Shamar passed away, I was going to go to South Carolina, and that was my goal. I was going to just kill this dude, right? And then I thought about my life. I thought about stuff like that, and I was like, you know, I can't throw my life away. You know, I got to let the justice system do what the justice system does. And then after a while, I just say, you know what, stop. Because everyone was like, on when he passed away, everyone was on Facebook saying, like, sharing pictures of the guy that killed him. But I was really about to go down there and really just make it happen. That's what was in my mind. I was like, I'll do it. And then I had something I had to pray. I prayed about and I had to learn stuff like that. And this girl goes, do you believe this man can change? You know, in my heart of heart, I thought I'd forgiven the guy. You know, I, I, I would definitely, you know, I would definitely, if I was face face, I would definitely hurt him. But, like, like, like Gucci, man, I couldn't, I, I he's, they're better men than me. You know, I, I don't know if I could just look at this guy. And my thing is, like, who am I? Hurt and pain, right? It's hard. It's easy to forgive when you're coaching someone to forgive, but it's a different when the person hurts you completely. Like, this guy broke a piece of my soul by murdering my best friend. And now he's out on the street, right? Is he a change man? I don't know. I'll probably never talk to him. Do I think he's changed? You know, anyone can change. Did he ask God for forgiveness? You know, who am I to judge him, you know? But at the same time, it's it's hurt. It's pain, you know? You forgive, but you can't forget. And I can't tell his sister how to grieve. I can't tell his mother how to grieve. I can't tell everything else. But I think for these past 10 years, I've learned to just let his legacy live in different ways and highlight the good that he's done. Like all these people that I bring on the podcast have nothing but wonderful stories about Shamar and talk about how everything else. But that Friday just effed me up completely, man, because I'm like, man, this dude's out on the street. And I don't trust the justice system, to be honest with you. Like it it doesn't surprise me that they let somebody. This is South Carolina we're talking about. This is, they just recently killed a person and let people run over people through like protests and stuff like that but it was just something that just effed me up my lady noticed something was wrong and you know it's just I was just my head wasn't there my head wasn't right but so I went to the mountains that's what I did with me and my lady and Grant and his old lady would go to the mountains and it was just something that I needed I just took a break from the city and we went to the uh a waterfall like TLC go no chasing waterfalls went to the waterfall we Cold as F, but it wasn't cold. It was just like water everywhere. We took some dope pictures and stuff. But sometimes when you get to stand on top of a, a mountain and look at life and you realize that, you know what, God's in control. Once you realize God is in control and Revelations 3 and 8 and goes, God will open up a door no man can close. It's just like once you know your steps are ordered, you're at a, a inner level of peace that you've unlocked and you realize that, you know, whatever happens, it's going to be okay. 
you know, whatever, whatever is supposed to happen is going to be okay. Like, my fr- I can't bring my friend back, but I can only pray that he's in heaven, you know, at peace of mind, not with pain, not with mental illness or anything else. And, you know, I, can, I can't worry about what this guy did to my friend because justice will be served on a different level, you know. I can't, I can't think about him anymore. I can't let him interrupt my day. So uh, I was good. So the mountains was good. We had, uh, had some... Uh, I think baked rice, it was really good. I had a really great time in those mountains. Got some fire pictures. Me and my lady had a little small argument because she said I didn't get her angles right. But honestly, I don't, she's like, take a picture of the scenery. And I thought the scenery was everything on eye level, but she wanted like the top of the waterfall. And you know what? I got to take that to the chin because the picture she took of me was fire. But like I say, like, you should take a picture and say, hey, this is how I want my picture. And I would definitely do it. You know, but, you know, that's couple stuff, you know. Shout out to all them sugar daddies who got sh- young women. I know it's harder for y'all to take pictures because y'all don't know what y'all doing. So what we do is we use, like, a Bluetooth clicker. And I was like, whatever angle it is, tell me when I click it, and then we'll click like that. Uh, but, yeah, that was my Sunday. I'll go back. We did that Sunday, then I had some shows. So let's go back. So Sunday, last week Sunday, I did the show. What show did I do? Make it clap. Yeah, so the last Sunday I did Make It Clap, Make It Clap, which is a show, uh, Billy and Tiana do a dope show. What happened was Matt uh, Richardson, super dope comic, he wasn't there, so I hosted the show, right? I usually don't. I usually don't host, you know, I can't host, it's a, it's a skill, but, you know, I host because, you know, they asked me to do it and I did it, and, I, you know, they've done nothing but show me love during this pandemic, so I do that. Uh, it was a really dope show, had a really good time. And then uh, Monday and Tuesday, shows got canceled because of the rain, whatever. Uh, you know, I sometimes I don't like, a lot of comics are doing this thing where they're like trying to piggyback off of another comic, meaning that there's no problem hanging out, right? In this pandemic, like comics are hitting me up like, Jared, can you get me up? Can we get me up? And I'm like, look, I'm trying to get myself up, dog. You know what I mean? I can't, you can't jump on my grind thinking that's going to take you places. You got to grind on your own. Don't ask me for where the spots are because you should know where the spots are. If you're a bloodhound like me, sorry, let me get aggressive. If you're a bloodhound and you're a dog like me and you're a wolf, you're going to find the spots, you know? I'm happy when I go to spots and I see my friends there because I know you guys already know what's going on, right? But when you hit me up saying like, hey, where are the spots at tonight? That means you're not about this. You're not trying to do anything else. You're lazy. That's what that tells me, right? So going to a spot. Wednesday we got our show, which is, I mean, I I love our show. I love our show. It is, uh, let's see. Oh, Zoom. Okay. Sunday. Let me make sure I'm talking about the right day. Okay, yeah. That is right. So, yeah. So, that is the 18th. So, the 18th is our our, our show, Training Day Comedy. And, uh, you know, just... I don't get frustrated with Matthew, but it's just like I, I just know this kid has all the potential in the world, but he's such a... He's such a platypus, man. He's <laughs> I know I say that every week, but he's just a freaking platypus. Uh, so, you know, I... People that make excuses to cancel shows are are not in my are not in my thing. I tell Matthew all the time, look, this is how you get on shows. You gotta show us early. If you're on the show, you should be there early because that's how you network. If you don't know who these comics are, you need to go around a comic who could vouch for you. If they vouch for you, then they can get you on. You show up late, no one knows who you are, you're you're isolated to the side, and he brings his girl to the show, which isn't a problem. You know, his girl does help with the show, but at the same time, his girl at the time, and I don't know they're not going to get married, but his girl is young. So she is young, so she makes things about her at the time where it's not about her. Like he's doing a comedy show, 
And, you know, girls are, you know, trying to get his Instagram, nothing personal, but they're just trying like that. And she's upset, like, who's that girl you're talking to? I'm like, she wants to know how to find the show. And I told him, I was like, you got to decide, do you want to be a comic right now or do you want to be in a full relationship? When my lady comes to the show, she's not asking me what's going on. She's enjoying the show. That's what she's supposed to do is enjoy the show. Like, you got to make a decision, son. Like, don't be a platypus like the freak. Like, I need you. Like, comics are asking me, like, yo, where's your boy at? Oh, what's he doing in the car? So, and it's 31 degrees. I'm not going to lie. It's freezing out there. 31 degrees, and it's 7 o'clock. Nobody's there. Nobody's at the show. And I'm like, dang, I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it. 7.15, 7.20. And next you know it, three people show up. Four people show up. Boom. Show's full. We got a full show. More people show up. Now we got a full house. And we do it. Gastro Amante comes up, but it's just like I have to stagger it differently because these comics are going up, but they're not being supportive of each other because as soon as they do their set, they just run and, you know, they don't want to be cold. You come, comics are coming like, oh, comics are lying to me, saying like, I really got a spot. I was like, where you got a spot at? Because I know all the spots. Like, I know where every spot is. Oh, I'm just cold. I said, like, all right, well, you can wait. You're not that cold. I'm going to catch hypothermia. I'm like, oh, my God, like the freak. Did y'all ever play football before? I remember football being freezing, being out there in the cold, but I know it's not football. But it turns out to be a really good show. Stefan Hightower, he closed it up. Stefan, he's our guy from St. Louis. He closed out the show. And uh, what happened was this guy named Milo and Lawrence. Lawrence is a uh, he's a he's a, a poet. He calls himself Prophet, but he is a reformed gang member. He's been in the Latin Kings, and he used to be the enforcer. So he was enforcing the Latin King rules. And he stopped, he went to prison, he turned his life over for Christ. So he's this deep voice, aggressive person. So when I tell Matthew, just light him. He goes, no, I'm not going to light him. He was in the Latin Kings. I was like, freak, I don't care. So he goes up and he's, you know, he's he's nervous. It's it's a crowd, but he's nervous. He just started doing poetry. So we get him to close the show. And it was dope seeing like other comments saying, yo, Jared, I know you got your show. Yeah, well, well I'm trying to pull up. I was like, come, man, freaking come. So. That was Wednesday night. Thursday, I'm doing this uh, Zoom show for cancer awareness. My friend Khalil Walker, he's one of my good friends. Uh, his mother battled cancer, and he had to host the show, but I thought he was crying because he talked about how cancer affected his life and how you know, his mother had to fight breast cancer and stuff like that. And he brings me up, and I'm d- doing my best for the show, but I, I effed up because I'm doing it through Zoom, and I hit the power button, and I just shut off off the screen. So every time I have a good punchline, I get logged out of Zoom. And they're like, the freak. So everyone's making jokes about me having dial-up, which is good. And then I go down to a speakeasy show, which is uh, my new friend, Yumi. And Yumi is a, a wonderful stand-up comedian. Her name is Yumi. And it was dope seeing some of my friends I haven't seen in a while. I saw Margo. Margo is a trans comic. Oh, she's a full woman now. But she's a tra- she calls herself a trans woman. I met her when <clears throat> before she transitioned. It was just dope seeing her. Now she... she uh, she looks good. I had to do Josh, Katie, Katie Ubbard. So what happened at this show was, um, long story short, so I get on the show. They just say, Jerry, you want to get up? I was like, yeah, that's the whole point of me, you know, coming out here. <laughs> so this dude, is this black dude's heckling the show, like aggressively drunk, effing heckling the show. So I, you know, I walk up because, you know, these girls, they're not scared, but it's just like I should say something. I said, look, dude. Hey, let's take a walk for a minute. So we're taking a walk. And he screamed like, yo, you tell that mother. I said, yo, my man, let's let's relax. So he grabs my shoulder. And I was like, hey, man, I could, I, could, I could kill you right now. That can happen. So let's get it together before I have to do it. And that's the thing. I was already in that space of just like I was upset about my friend and everything else. So I'm just like, I'm about to hurt this guy. 
But what happened was this comic who's on stage goes, Jarrett freaking Waters. And I was like, hey, I'm not interrupting your set. I'm trying to actually escort this guy out of here. I made him walk like 100 yards so you could get your set off, you know. But things eventually calmed down. Uh, my set was good. Did a whole set about Toxic. Got some new fire jokes coming. Uh, then Friday, so Friday, I do that. And then Saturday, I do a show at uh, our show, Training Day Comedy, Marjo Queens, what's called uh, Laugh, I don't know, Laugh, 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 so sad. I don't know what the freak my show is called. I should think about it. It's Comedy in Queens and Training Day. We do it with Mike Lee. And Mike Lee, he's kind of just like Matthew, but an older version of Matthew. Like Matthew, I, it's his negligence because he's young. And Mike is his negligence because maybe he's old. Maybe I think he has gray hair, so maybe he's in his 40s. But he is very nervous about a lot of stuff, which he shouldn't be. You know, I could tell he's young in comedy because he questions everything he does. I was like, dude, play some music. I don't want to get. I don't want this show to get canceled. I'm like, dude, relax. Freaking the freak are you doing, man? You know. But it's like I'm raising like two kids. I'm raising like an older kid that uh, like I like I adopted through my wife, and like I adopted my wife, and I got this old kid, and then I got this young kid. But uh, they're eventually learning. So we got our show Saturday. We packed up the park, which was good. Then after that, I went to Jersey City. Jersey City. Jersey City. My man Ryan does a dope show. They done it at a dog park or dog hotel. And it was packed out. Everyone socially distanced space. And then to show the the uh, stages on like on this high platform so no one could get up there, which is good. And uh, just a dope night. And we did that. And then me and Onika sat down. And when I tell you, I'm going to get her on the podcast. Her story is amazing. Oh, sweet Jesus. When I say her story, we're talking in the car. Her story is amazing. And then Sunday, uh, I did a corporate show through Zoom. And then I did which was really good. Shows are, I think Zoom is the easiest show to do. It's super easy. Just telling your jokes through a computer. You don't even got to move. And then I went to Daniel Parafran's show at Bridge and Tunnel. Did it there. Then we stopped by my friend Janae's house because it was her friend's giving. I just kept my mask on. I ate some cheesecake, delicious cheesecake. And today and Monday, which is yesterday, Monday, we went to Julio Diaz's show because every show in New York City is canceled because of the cold weather. Some people just cancel shows, and they don't even cancel shows because it's not rain. So we went there and chilled with Julio and, uh, you know, just, you know, just network. So today, which is Tuesday, uh, I have a show at uh, Mama's Boy. Mama's Boy is in uh, Little Italy. That show starts at 7 o'clock. Then Wednesday, Training Day Comedy. Training Day Comedy, that starts at 7 o'clock. It's in Astoria Park. Thursday is Thanksgiving. Eat your turkey, 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 turkey. Then Friday, I'm at Side Splitters in Tampa, Florida. Uh, Saturday, Side Splitters, Tampa, Florida. Sunday, Tampa's Florida. Oh, I'll be in Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen. To anyone in the great state of Florida, I'll be in there at Side Splitters performing. Uh, and then I'm going to come back to New York. Come back to New York and uh, quarantine it up. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was that's the Woody's Roundup. That's my week. And uh, I would tell anyone, take, that, take those days to, for mental health, man. Take those days to get outside and uh, really analyze your brain. Like going to that waterfall was like the best thing that happened to me because I needed that. I needed to just get out the city or get out of this environment to just be at peace with myself, to relax, to chill. And make sure you take those days because sometimes if you have these built-up frustrations, you will let it out on somebody else, and that's not good. Uh, a lot of emails about the One Tree Hill episode. Thank you for that. We're going to be doing that after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, we're going to be doing that. We got, uh, this is episode 74, so we got. We got to see if we can get to 26. We got to get 26 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. We have approximately in the month of December. There's four weeks in December. 26. We need 26 episodes. We'll divide that by four. Uh, I don't know. Well, we got to see if we can get, if we can get, uh, our goal was to get 100 episodes by the year. That was our goal. 
Uh, we're going to try. We're going to try. we got other stories we could tell, uh, stories. Uh, some podcast. someone asked me to read a book on the podcast, I'll do that. But, uh, yeah, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful night. Please love somebody. A lot of people are hurting out here. A lot of people have lost people through COVID. A lot of people have lost people in general, lost friendships through certain now. So take that time to call somebody, tell them that you love them. Got it? Check on them. Tell them that you love them. And anyone that you've offended, ask for forgiveness because that goes a long way. And try to forgive the people who despitefully use you. My name is Jared Waters. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Have a great night, good day, whatever you are in the world. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar neighbors. Yeah. And then she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters. And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.